This is part 13 titled Ministers and Ambassadors in the sermon series on our identity in Christ who we are in Christ. Be enriched as you listen. Just want to share a few testimonies that came in. Uh, uh, all, all of this had to do with the last few Sundays uh, since we restarted our services here at Central. So all of these things in, are in relation to that. Uh, this was a, and all, all of them came by email. So I'll just share a gist of uh, these emails. Uh, so this is this person. Uh, this email came on the twelfth of October. So very interesting. This person had uh, purchased a, a land. Uh, that was a little away from the center of, uh, from Bangalore City. He was planning to construct a home, especially for his parents. Uh, this land was close to a place where other relatives were staying, so he thought it would be a good place for you know building a home for his parents, etc. Uh, but then on the 18th, September 18th, so we started our first service on the 19th. This was on Saturday the 18th. He was at home, and there was a lot of discussion happening. Uh, the parents didn't want the construction to happen and all of that, uh, and so he was very confused. Uh, he had made all these plans to get started with the work, and he was so confused. Uh, and so they said, no, we want to stay in the city. So actually, on, on the 18th, he kind of started looking for a place in the city itself. But on 19th, he came to service, and uh, uh, or towards the end of the service, as people are ministering from here, uh, one of the words that was spoken from here was, you know, I don't know, remember the actual words, the details, but something about construction. You're about to start construction, and uh, God Himself is going to step in. There's going to be angelic, uh, you know, intervention and all of that. So this is what he writes. So he shares all of that, and then he says, the next day was when church had reopened for Sunday service, and during the ministry time, there was a mention about a construction project for the house. So he writes. He says, I was a bit overwhelmed that God could answer this bothering matter for me. I didn't raise my hand for prayer because I still wanted to be sure that I wasn't connecting too many dots to suit my own preferences. So I returned home and listened to that time slice several times that evening. So he went back, watched the video over and over again, uh, and finally made my own conclusions that the reference to, um, to God appointing angels for expediting the project was an indication that God would provide safety and security to the house and the family members. And with that assurance of having unseen angels around for protection, I've decided to go ahead with the construction. Amen? Oh, nobody's excited? <laughs> so I, I think it's just amazing that, you know, uh, and I'm sure, you know, usually a word that's given here could affect and relate to many people, but just for that person to come in and to know that God had a word for him in that situation, I think it's so amazing. Amen? Do you know that God knows the number of hair on our head? He knows every detail in our lives. And even if he, you know, uh, he speaks from here uh, through his people, uh, he's, he's saying, look, I know you. I have your address. I know your number. I know what's going on in your life. And I uh, thank God for this testimony. Similarly, there was another testimony about uh, this, this person wrote. This came on the 13th of October. Uh, uh, she wrote, um, I was thinking about a certain situation at home and wondering how it was going to be resolved, although I was so hurt by that situation. So she was having a situation at home. But on Sunday morning, uh, she said, Sister Jean gave a word of knowledge, return home and make peace. I thought that word was so apt for me, and uh, the prayer she prayed was exactly what I needed. Uh, God indeed brought peace into that situation, and I'm so grateful to God for all this. All praise and glory to God. Amen? Here's an again, another situation. She came in, she had a situation at home, and there was a word that, you know, that brought blessing to her. The, similarly, there's another tes testimony. This was from last Sunday. Uh, we shared a testimony about a workplace, somebody receiving uh, you know, God's wisdom uh, for their situation. So this person uh, was given an assignment to do at work, which was very new to her, um, and uh, she, was, she was really nervous, she was very anxious about it. First time she was handling this entire process by herself in her company, and Monday it was supposed to start. So she comes here, she's you know, on, on the Sunday service, and um, then she writes here, she, so she was very encouraged by that workplace testimony that, that was shared. And then she says, towards the end of the service, Pastor Jacob prophesied and prayed for a breakthrough from fear and anxiety. He prayed for mountains to melt like wax and to be thrown away like thermocol. That prayer helped me to put my trust and faith completely in God. To my amazement, 
that you know, the next, uh, next day when she, ha she had to go in and do all of this, you know, things just worked out for her. Uh, she was able to deliver, uh, do all of this, and she says, I could accomplish everything as expected by my manager. Only God could do something like this. Glory to God. What is impossible by man is possible with our God. Now I'm confident to face uh, you know, the, 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 the responsibilities that she has. Thank God for that. Amen? So just, just a simple word that just ministered to her in her situation that she was going through in her workplace. Thank God for all of these testimonies, and we thank you, uh, each one, for taking time to write. Uh, you know, as we share these testimonies, this may be, you know, uh, uh, something very personal in your life, but it could mean a lot. It could encourage somebody else. You know, somebody else could be uh, inspired by just listening to how God has worked in your life, and that's why we share these testimonies. All right, we're going to spend some time uh, in God's Word together. Uh, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> Are you excited about the Word of God? I love the Word of God. How about you? Yeah. So hold your Bible if you have it. Sometimes we, these days we have digital Bibles, but if you have your physical Bible, hold it. Say, I love my Bible. <laughs> I love God's words. Uh, we've been talking about our identity in Christ and discovering who we are in Christ. And today is the last piece of that. We're going to talk about uh, in, in expressing or uh, explaining our identity and our inheritance in Christ. And then we're going to take two Sundays to talk about how to live out of that. So what we've been doing over the last several, I guess, months now, is uh, we've been talking about different aspects of our identity and our inheritance in Christ. Uh, what God has done for us in Christ, what he has made available to us, who he has made us to be in Christ. So we've been explaining bits and pieces of that. And then the next two Sundays, we're going to talk about how to live out of that inheritance and in that identity. Uh, just to recap some of the things we did, we talked about the fact that we are a new creation. We talked about the fact that we are justified or made righteous in the eyes of God in Christ we are sanctified or made holy uh, before God. We are identified with Christ in his crucifixion, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, and his uh, seating at the right hand of God. We are identified with Christ. We have the spirit of life in Christ. We are redeemed in Christ. We are free in Christ. We are children and joint heirs in Christ. We are blessed with many blessings, many provisions in Christ. And last Sunday, we talked about the fact that we are one body in Christ. So we've covered many aspects and facets. And I have to admit that, you know, I've left out a lot uh, in these Sunday sermons, simply because, you know, I try to keep it at least 45 minutes. And sometimes <laughs> even 45 minutes is long for a Sunday morning sermon. Uh, and so you can only cover so much. Uh, but there's a lot that, you know, that will be released in a, in a book, and I would really want every one of us to study these things, get them deep into our spirit, and learn to live out of our identity and our inheritance in Christ. Today, in this, in this final piece of uh, describing who we are in Christ, what God has done for us and placed upon our lives, I want to talk about the fact that because we are in Christ, we are ministers and ambassadors of Christ. So being in Christ gives us tremendous blessing, gives us tremendous you know, riches of inheritance and so on. But it also comes with the responsibility. And being in Christ has brought this responsibility on you and me. We are ministers and ambassadors of Christ. Now the word minister and ambassador, these are you know, high level technical words, but basically it means we are here to serve Jesus. We're here to represent Jesus as a minister, as an ambassador, as a person who is in Christ. You have this responsibility of representing Christ here on earth. And that's what we want to talk about today and just share a few things uh, along this theme. I want, us to, I want all of us to understand that there is a heavenly call on our lives in Christ. A heavenly call, meaning God's call 
on your life. See, many times when you talk about the call of God, we only think about the pastor or the preacher or, you know, the evangelist or the prophet or the apostle or some, somebody in ministry. We say, that person is called. But the reality is, the truth is, every believer is called. You, as a person who is in Christ Jesus, there is a heavenly call on your life. Meaning God says, I have a purpose for you. I've got a work for you to do. There's something that's from heaven on your life. Heaven's hand is on your life, so to speak. One passage that I'd just like us to look at today is in Philippians 3, uh, verses 12 to 14. Let's read them out. Read these verses together, please. Uh, you can read it from your Bible, or you could just read it with what's up on the screen, which is from the New King James. Let's read it out together, please. Not that I have already attained, or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So notice that those words, in Christ Jesus. That's what we've been talking about, in Christ. And what is the Apostle Paul telling us? He says, in Christ Jesus, there is the upward call or a heavenly call or a divine call that's on my life. And I'm pressing towards the completion, the finish line. I press towards the goal, that's the end, the finish line for the prize of the call of God on my life. And this is true, not only for the Apostle Paul, but it's for true for all of us who are in Christ Jesus. There's a heavenly call on your life. And what all of us have to do, like the Apostle Paul, is to keep journeying towards that. And part of that journey, Paul says, is look, I've got to forget the things that are behind, and I've got to reach forward for what's up ahead. And we all have to do that every day. You wake up, and it uh, doesn't matter what happened yesterday, maybe good, maybe bad, maybe rough, maybe tough, but it's okay. Leave that behind, and you keep pressing on as a man on a mission, or as a person with a purpose, because you know there's a heavenly call of God on your life. Amen? So let's say this together. I'm a person with purpose. There's a heavenly call on my life in Christ Jesus. And so you and I must press towards this. Continue on this journey towards God's plan, God's purpose for your life. And so we want to talk a little bit about that aspect the fact that God has a plan, a purpose, a heavenly call that's on your life in Christ Jesus. And so Paul, and you find this in many of his epistles, and we're going to just look at one verse of scripture where he encourages a particular person named Archippus in Colossians 4.17. And this is what he has to say to Archippus. Let's read that. Let's read it. And say to Archippus, let, let me hear you. Take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord that you may fulfill it. Says Archippus, take heed to the ministry that you have in the Lord. Ministry, technical word, just make it simple. The work you have to do. The work you have to do in the Lord. That means this is yours. It's upon you because you are in the Lord. Says, take heed to this ministry. Make sure you fulfill it, complete it, do it, finish it. Don't neglect it, don't abscond, be at it, fulfill your ministry in the Lord, your work in the Lord. What God has for your life, complete it. And I want to encourage each one of us, no matter what age you are, no matter where, which stage of life you are, your goal must be, God, I want to fulfill this work that you have for me, the purpose you have for my life. 
I want to be faithful. I want to make sure I complete that work. You know, and sometimes you and I might wonder, you know, is it worth it? Trying to live for this heavenly call. I'll look at so-and-so and look at so-and-so. They don't care. They're going wherever the wind blows. Wherever life takes them, they're just going. And why should I be somebody who is living for a heavenly call, living on purpose and, and, and trying to make sure that I fulfill the ministry that God has for me in the Lord? Why should I be so you know, focused on that? Why can't I just be like somebody else? Just go wherever life takes them and live. You know, Is it worth it? Are the sacrifices worth it? Are, you know, the discipline of committing to God's call, is it worth it? Living for a heavenly purpose, is it worth it? In today's world, when everybody's living for the now and living for self and living for other things that, uh, you know, that everybody, that seems really great on earth, and here I am saying I'm living for a heavenly call, is it worth it? The Apostle Paul, I'm going to just remind us, he says this in 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 58. Let's read that. He says, let's go. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Notice that phrase, in the Lord or in Jesus, in Christ. He says, brothers, I want you to know something. I want you to be steadfast, unshakable. Be, be steady. Be consistent. Be at it. Be unshakable. Don't let anything cause you to waver, give up, quit, turn back. Be steadfast. Be unshakable. And always abounding. Keep growing. Keep increasing. Do more. Increasing. Because your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen? Your work, whatever you're doing in the Lord, is not in vain. It's not empty. It's not meaningless. It's not amounting to nothing. In instead, it has great significance, great value. It's, 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 it's doing what God wants you to do. And there's going to be great rewards for it. So he says, be steadfast. Be unshakable. Keep abounding. Keep increasing in what God's called you to do. So one of the things we keep saying here at, at, at All People's Church is we say every believer is a minister. Keep saying that over and over again. Every believer is a minister. Doesn't get, minister sounds very technical. It simply means we're all living to serve God. Doing something for God. So whatever you can do, do it. Whatever God's called you to do, do it. Doesn't mean that, you know, uh, you have to have a big ministry or some big name or you have to become famous. No, just do whatever God's called you to do. It may be something small. That's okay. If God's called you to do it, it's important. God called you. That's why it's important. Whatever it is, maybe it's helping a few people here or some people there or serving people in a certain way or uh, doing business that, that honors Jesus or uh, being a professional in a, in a certain industry, uh, representing Christ there. Whatever it is, do it well. Do it in the Lord. And what you do in the Lord is not in vain. Amen? You may be a school teacher. But you know, school teachers can be instruments in God's hands. I came to Jesus because of my school teacher. Now he, used to, he at those days, was teaching biology and English at here Bishop Cotton's. School teacher. But God used the school teacher 
to touch my life, not just my life, but so many of my classmates, others. But he was a school teacher those days. But he touched my life. And then because I got saved, I can serve Jesus. So think about it. You say, I'm just a businessman. Hey, but as a businessman, you're interacting with people. And you are a minister and an ambassador of Christ as a businessman. Because through you, all those people that you're interacting with and, and uh, uh, you know, having, having to do business with, you are their touch point for heaven. Because you're the one who's got a heavenly call on your life. You may be in some other vocation, some other profession, but there's meaning to what you're doing. There's a call of God, a heavenly call on your life in doing just that. And so don't think that what you're doing is empty. That there is, you know, be steadfast, be immovable, keep abounding in your work in the Lord. And I want to share some things related to this. The next thing important for us to know is this, that the works flow out of our life in him, in Christ. I'd like to read Romans 15, verses 17 through, 20, 17 through 19 from the Passion Translation. I'll just read a part of, these, part of this. Let's read verse 17 first, please. It comes up on the screen from the Passion Translation, a modern translation. Let's read that together. Paul says, Now then, it is through my union with Jesus Christ that I enjoy an enthusiasm and confidence in my ministry for God. And this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, it is through my union with Christ that I'm so zealous, enthusiastic, and confident about my ministry, about my work. Why? Because the work that I'm doing, it's not coming from my own abilities. It's coming through my union with Christ. So the works we do comes out. Sorry, this mic is moving around. The works we do, it comes out of our life in him. It comes out of our union with Jesus. And that's why you and I can be zealous, and we can be confident about whatever he's called us to do, because it's coming through him. It's, you are in him, and so he is working through you. Let's say this together. I'm in him. Let's say it boldly. I'm in him, so he's working through me. So that's what gives you and me enthusiasm. That's what gives you and me the confidence in the work he's called us to do, whatever he's called you to do. You look at it as, God, you're doing this through me. That's what Paul says. It's through my union with Christ that I'm able, I have this enthusiasm and confidence in my ministry with, for God. I'll read the early part of the next verse. He says, and I will, be presumpt I will not be presumptuous to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me. What Christ has accomplished through me. This is him working through my life. So because you are in him, you have a call, you have a plan. Uh, God has a plan. And that work that he has for you, he is working through you. And therefore, you and I can minister boldly in the Lord. Let me get this thing right here. You and I can minister boldly in the Lord. That means you have confidence. The apostle, writing about the apostles in Acts 14, verse 3, it says here that uh, they stayed there a long time speaking boldly in the Lord, who was bearing witness to the word of his grace granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. You can minister boldly in the Lord. So when you serve God, serve with confidence because it's Christ working through you. So if you are invited to do something, maybe, you know, 
pray for somebody, uh, teach the Word of God, uh, whatever, whether it's something spiritual like this or something that's called, you're called to do in your workplace uh, that's related, you're called to step up to something, do it boldly in the Lord. So I can do it. I'm bold, I'm confident in God because I am in Christ and it's Christ working through me. And so I can fulfill my ministry. I can fulfill what God has called me to do. Now, I want to place this before us that there are two aspects that I want to encourage you to do, I encourage you to work on, focus on, as you are a minister and an ambassador for Christ. First of all, I want us all to recognize the importance of nurturing other people in Christ. Nurturing other people in Christ. PowerPoint, I just skipped one point, so you can jump one point and go forward. Yes, thank you. Uh, nurturing other people in Christ. So that's one part of what I want you to consider doing as a minister of Christ. So whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing, Part of it has to nurture, nurturing other people in Jesus. Think about that. You may have other friends, or also believers, who need to be encouraged, who need support, who need prayer. And part of you being a minister, an ambassador for Christ, is to nurture other people in Christ. Paul said this in Colossians 1, he say, verse 28, he said, you know, we preach Jesus, we warn every man, teach every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So that's part of what you and I do. What? We are serving people. We may need to warn them, we may need to correct them, we may need to guide them, we need to encourage them, we pray for them. We serve people, basically. Why? We want to present them perfect. The word perfect simply means mature, grown up, complete. So that's part of what you can do. You don't have to be a seminary graduate to do that. You can just be an encouragement to somebody. Help them, pray with them. Spend some time in the Word with them. That's part of you being a minister and an ambassador in Christ. You're serving people to present them mature in Christ. Do what you can as you're going through life's journey. The other part is this, being an ambassador for Christ. So you being in Christ makes you and me an ambassador for Jesus. And we read this in 2 Corinthians 5. I want us to read this passage, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20. Can we all read that out loud together, please? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Verse 18. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As the God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I want you to look, think about these four verses. Verse 17 is a verse we all know. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away, all things have become New. We know that verse. Wow, I'm a new creation. But you know, right after that, Paul goes on to talk about something else. He says, you know, verse 18, now all things are from God. God has put everything. He's done all this work. But then he's also given to us a ministry of reconciliation. If you are a new creation in Christ, which you are as a believer in Jesus, 
God has, you know, all things have gone, all things have become new, all things are of God. But then God has also given you a ministry of reconciliation. And in that context, he says in verse 20, we are ambassadors for Christ. You see that word ambassador, you think about Paul, how Paul was writing it. He used a Greek word, which in his time was a word that was used to talk about a general or a governor of the Roman Empire. So he says, we are like that, like the governor or the general of the Roman Empire. I mean, a very high-ranking official, somebody very important, a dignitary, but of the kingdom of Christ. Now, in our modern context, we use the word ambassador. Talk about a diplomat, uh, uh, a high-ranking representative of a country. And so Paul is saying, we who are in Christ, we are high-ranking officials of the kingdom of God. And we have a work on earth. And our work is the work of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. What is that? It is to reach out to people and say, you know, God is not holding your sins against you, but your sins have been dealt with on the cross. Come and be reconciled to God. And to do that, God has made you and me, the ones who are in Christ. He says, I've made you all diplomats of my kingdom. Ambassadors for Christ. So who are you? You are a diplomat. You are a high-ranking official of God's kingdom. And you have one work to do. Get people reconciled back to God. Amen? So you are a minister in Christ Jesus. You are a minister and an ambassador for Christ. As a minister, you serve God. You live for his purpose. And part of that is nurture other people in their life in Christ. And you are an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You represent the kingdom. You see, as an ambassador, you have the full backing of the country that you represent. If something was there that you need, the country is behind you because you're representing the country. The kingdom of God is behind you, backing you up as you go out as an ambassador for Christ. When you go to your school, your college, your place of work, you are an ambassador for Christ. Yes, you may be, you know, in a graduate school, or you may be a professor, you may be, you know, uh, whatever your position at work is, but right there, you are an ambassador for Christ. You're a high-ranking official of God's kingdom with one work to do, reconcile people back to God. So in Christ, you are a new creation, and because you're in Christ, you've been given authorization, you've been given responsibility to represent Jesus in this world. And in connection with that, in closing, we also understand that because we are all ambassadors for Christ, because we are all living for this heavenly call, because we are all here to fulfill the ministry God has given to us, and because we are all ambassadors of the same kingdom, we are all co-workers with each other. We are not here to compete with each other. We are co-workers. We are ambassadors of the same kingdom. Amen? And I want to, and I, and I know I keep repeating this, but I want this to sink into our hearts because there is too much of competition and too much of comparison and too much of strife in the church, in the body of Christ. Everyone is trying to outdo each other. You know, who's got this and who's got that? And, you know, why? 
We are all ambassadors of Christ. We are all representing the same Jesus. We are all answering the same heavenly call. What God has called each one of us to do may be different, but it's the same God who's called us all. So why should there be any comparison, any competition? We are co-workers. And we see each other as co-workers. And we honor each other as co-workers. What God has done in your life is wonderful. What God is doing in somebody else's life is wonderful. We honor each other as co-workers in Jesus Christ. So let's wrap this up. In Christ, you are a minister of God. You are an ambassador of Christ. There's a heavenly call on your life. You and I have the responsibility to fulfill this work that God wants each one of us to do. And as we go about that, we know that our labor is not in vain in the Lord. The time, the effort, the energy, the sacrifice, the discipline, the focus that you bring into doing what God wants you to do is never wasted. So be steadfast, unshakable, always increasing in the work of the Lord on your life. And remember that as you go about doing his work on you, it's what he does through you. It's not your own efforts. You're just making yourself available. And he works this through you. It's his work. So you abide in him. You stay in him. You stay close to him. You make that your focus. Because as you abide in him, he causes you to be fruitful. He causes you to bear much fruit. And therefore you can be bold, confident, and the work that you do, because it's being done in the Lord. It's being done by His ability through you. So you can be bold, you can be confident. Even though in our own selves, there'll be times, feelings of inadequacy, there'll be feelings of insufficiency, yet you can be confident. Because it's in the Lord. It's His work through you. And there are two aspects that we just brought our attention to. One, nurture other people, other believers. Help perfect them. Help encourage them. Help them to become perfect in Christ. The second has to do with you and me being ambassadors to the world, representing God's kingdom to the world, inviting them to be reconciled to God. And while we go about doing this in Christ, remember, we're co-workers together. There's no need for any kind of comparison or competition, any of that. We're co-workers. We're all ambassadors of the same kingdom. Amen? Worship team, please come. We're going to take some time to pray. And I want you to say yes to the call of God on your life. So you can be a believer who's saved, but you're living life just doing what you want to do. There's no sense of heavenly purpose. There's no sense of divine purpose in what you're doing. And if you're here this morning or you're watching me online, and you kind of are like that, that there's no sense of heavenly purpose, divine purpose in how you're living life, then may this morning be a turning point in your life. As you're seated here today, I want you to pray a simple prayer and say, Lord, from this moment on, I want to live for a heavenly purpose. Because the Bible says there's a heavenly call, a divine call, an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. From now on, when I live, as I go about my life, I've got to live with a sense of heavenly purpose, divine purpose. doesn't matter what vocation you are in, what, what you do professionally, or what, what are your responsibilities, what your responsibilities are. But there's got to be a divine purpose in all of it. And we live with that sense of divine purpose. A heavenly call.
So as you're here this morning, and those of you watching online, take a few moments to pray. Say, God, I want to be a person living for a heavenly purpose. Because when I do that, then I know whatever I do is not in vain. Eternity is in everything I do. What I do will affect eternity. And Father, we pray right now that every person here, God, every believer, every child of God, everyone who's in Christ will be awakened to live, Father, for a heavenly purpose, a heavenly call. That they will see the upward call of God, a heavenly purpose in who they are and what they do. And because of that, they will live with a holy commitment to fulfill the work. Knowing that their labor in the Lord is not in vain. Father, for those who are students, let them see divine purpose in what they study in their academics that somehow this is going to help them one day make a difference for Jesus for those who are God at home as homemakers let them see divine purpose knowing that the things they do that might seem routine, that might seem mundane, actually lends itself to a heavenly purpose that you are working. Those who are in the marketplace, in whatever they do, let them see heaven's purpose, God. Let them see heavenly purpose. And may all of us as live as ministers and ambassadors for Christ. Ministers and ambassadors for Jesus. We're going to transition into a time. We're just going to, I'm just going to give an invitation for people to embrace Jesus and then we're going to just take some time to minister, pray for God to touch and minister people's lives. Before we close, you know, there may be somebody who's here in the auditorium and maybe people watching online and he wondered, you know, does God love me? Does God love me? I can tell you what the Bible says. God loved the world so much he gave his son Jesus and the Bible tells us God displays his love for us that while we were still sinners Christ died for us God loves you might be somebody here you ask the question can my sins how can I have my sins forgiven I've done lots of wrong things I feel bad about it how can I be forgiven I can tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says, everyone who believes in his name, that's the name of Jesus, they receive forgiveness for their sins because he paid for it. There might be some who say, you know, what's the way to God? Is there a way to God? What's the way? I can tell you what the Bible says. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth life and no one comes to the Father except through me somebody might ask a question can I know God 
Can I be a child of God? I can tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says everyone who receives Jesus, to them he gives them the right to become children of God. Somebody might ask the question, you know, where can I find salvation? Where do I have to go? Whom do I have to go to find salvation? I can tell you what the Bible says. The Bible says there is no salvation in any other. But there's no other name given under heaven among men by which we can be saved except the name of Jesus. That's where you go to find salvation. And lastly, somebody might ask the question, you know, what do I need to do to be saved? To experience salvation in my life, what do I need to do? Do I, do I need to join the church? Do I need to sign up somewhere? Well, the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. So I can tell you what the Bible says. And this morning, if there's anybody in the auditorium, you've been asking any of these questions and I've just shared with you very simply what the Bible says. And this morning you feel, I want to say yes to Jesus Christ. Nobody's inducing you, nobody's forcing you, and nobody's deceiving you. This is your choice to believe in Jesus Christ. And you have the right to do that. It's your choice, your personal choice. And if you want to do that today, I just want you to, I want to help you by just leading you in a simple prayer. This prayer is an expression of your personal choice, your personal decision to believe in Jesus Christ and to follow him the rest of your life. And if you'd like to do that right where you are, you can pray this prayer with me. Just say this with me, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I believe you died for my sins and you rose up again. I believe you love me and you can make me a child of God. I come to you. Forgive my sins. Make me a child of God and help me follow you the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Is there anyone you prayed this prayer with me for the very first time in your life? We just like to celebrate with you. Thank God for the decision you made. Is anyone here? You prayed this prayer with me for the very first time. I just want to see your hand. Just raise your hand where you are in the auditorium. You can remain seated. Just wave at me so we can see that you prayed this prayer with me, made this decision. Anybody here? You prayed, prayed with me. You made this decision. Prayed this prayer for the very first time in your life. Okay. I don't see any hand here just today, but thank God. Let's rise to our feet, please. Those, if there's anyone watching online, you prayed that prayer, we celebrate with you. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to sing this song, Waymaker. And as you sing that song, I just want you to be open in your heart. Say, God, minister to me. This is a time when we transition into just believing God for healings, for miracles, and for God to do something in our midst. And so as you sing this song, I want you to pray. I want you to make this your expression of faith. And expect God to touch you, to heal, to deliver. And the God we believe is a God who works miracles. The God we believe in is a, is a healer, is a deliverer. You know, sometimes people come. They come to church with their needs. They come maybe sick in their bodies, wanting God to heal. Maybe they come with problems in their mind, with with, with pain and anxiety and things like that. They need God to touch them. And this is the moment as we transition in, we're expecting God to take care of his people, to meet the needs of the people. And if there are bondages, things that are holding, in, holding you in bondage and addic addictions, expect God to set you free. So let's sing this together and expect this time to be a time where God touches our lives. Let's do that.
Praise you, we honor you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just gonna just minister things that God just put in my spirit right now. Um, uh, is there somebody here you've uh, injured? You know these bones in your fingers. Uh, I don't know what these bones are called, but you know these bones in your fingers. <laughs> uh, maybe you had a fracture here, and uh, right now it's hurting. All right, just put your hand up. Pray for you. I can't see this light straight on my face. Uh, anybody here got an injury, a bone, uh, bones here in, your, in, in this part of your hand? Just put your hand up. Okay, see one. Anybody else who got injury here? Um, okay, just going to pray too. All right, we're going to pray now. I want you to expect instant healings, right? There's nothing wrong in expecting instant healings, right? Because that's how Jesus healed in the Bible. Whenever people came to him, they were healed. Now, there was one case that took a little time, but the way Jesus ministered, it was instant healings. We want to see the same thing. Do you want to see that? Yeah. Yes or no? Yes. no there's, there's nothing wrong in things that happen as a process, but let's expect the same things in the Bible. Jesus of the Bible is the Jesus of today. Do you believe in the Jesus of the Bible or a different Jesus? Let me hear you. Do you believe in the Jesus of the Bible or a different Jesus? Jesus the Bible and if he's still the same he's going to do the same things amen so let's just simply just you know just just do this let's pray for these people who've got problems and I want you to just check right after we pray just check it okay and let's see now if God heals it as a process no problem but if it happens as a miracle right now we want to celebrate that okay so just hold your hand father right now in Jesus name we speak healing to the bones right there in the hand that were injured we speak healing to those bones in the name of the Lord Jesus and just as the Lord Jesus would heal if he would heal physically let them be healed right now right now whatever is the problem with the bones in the hand let it be healed and all the pain disappear so they know they're healed we thank you God in Jesus name now go ahead and check it be honest we don't have to fake anything if you feel that yeah something's happened then I just want you to wave your hand at me if it's still there it's okay you know if the pain is there and I'll okay you know we've prayed and we believe healing can take place as a process no problem but you feel that something's happened right now and I want you to wave your hand at me just to show that something's happened right now, right now. Just take a few moments, just take a moment to check your hand. And then you can wave at me to show that, yeah, something's happened. Anyone? Gonna wait a moment. Feel healing has taken place right now. Just wave your hands. Okay, I don't see anybody there. Okay, that's all right. But that's our expectation, all right? We want to be a church where we see the miracles of God take place right here, right now. There's nothing wrong if it's going to happen as a process. It doesn't matter. Let it happen as a process. We pray and heal, declare healing. But we want to see. If it happens right now, we want to celebrate that. And that's the expectations we want to move into. We want to see the Lord Jesus be Jesus in His church. We want Him to do the same kinds of miracles that He did in the Bible. I want to see him do those same things here. Now that I just felt two, two other things I want to pray. One is I want to pray for um, couples who are having problems in their marriage. Now we believe in counseling. We believe in getting help. If you're having problems in your marriage, please get help. Okay. Just like if you're not physically well, you'll reach out for help. If you're having problems in your marriage, don't say, well, what will pastor think? Pastor's here for that. Okay? We are here to help you. Right? But I also felt right now, I just want to pray for people with problems in their marriage. I'm going to ask my wife to come up so we could do this together. And we want to pray blessing. And pray blessing. That 
that in your marriage, God will intervene and God will heal. God will restore relationship. Do you believe God can do that? Yes or no? Yes. So we're going to pray that if there are couples, maybe they're in the auditorium watching online, that they're having problems with the marriage, we're going to pray, God heal, God restore. So we're going to do that. Then we just one more thing I want us to also pray and believe God for miracles. All right? So uh, couples, right where you are, just hold your hands and pray for other marriages. Okay? Let's pray. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, you are the healer of relationships. You are the healer of minds and emotions. And Father, we pray for marriages that are having problems, where couples are having problems, God. And we pray that there will be healing, God. Heal. Heal their minds, heal their emotions, heal their relationship. And Lord, if they need help, send the right people to help them, to counsel them, to speak into their lives, to bring healing, God. And we thank you, Father, for doing this. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks. Amen. One more thing. In Matthew 17, there was a time when the tax collector, I mean, the, the religious leaders kind, they came to Jesus and they said, Hey, uh, they came to Jesus' disciples and said, Does your master pay money, uh, the temple tax? Does he do that? Then oh, Peter was in a, in a difficult situation. It means, like, does your master pay tax? You know, it's like, yeah, he better pay. You know? And uh, so he comes to Jesus. He doesn't, I, I think maybe he doesn't know what to say, how to. So, Lord, tax times come. Got to pay. Know what Jesus tells him? He says, Peter, go to the sea. Put, cast your fishing rod in the sea. The first fish you catch, open it. You find a coin. Pay tax for you and me. Pay it. Do you think God does those kinds of miracles today? Or is that like way out? It's like, I'm not saying you have to go throw a fishing rod. But can God put money into your bank account? I don't know how. He might use person A and person B and person C. But God can do that. And some of you have heard me share my testimony or my story with the incident in my life on the business side. And literally, this, this God put money into the bank account. I'm not saying it just fell out of heaven. It came through some person. But it came through an unexpected source that, source that was not supposed to come. God brought it in. And so what I want to do right now is I want to pray for the same miracle to take place. Now, if you already have money, don't raise your hands. <laughs> but this is for, for somebody. Maybe it's one person here or maybe a few. But really, you need God to put money into your bank account because there's nothing there. Maybe you're watching online. But we want to pray that miracle. That the God who put money in the mouth of a fish can put money into your account. How? He'll figure it out. It's up to him. Whether they use this person A, person B, person C, it doesn't matter how he does it. But he'll put that in there to let you know that he still meets the needs of his people. So I want you to just believe with me. If you're here today and, and say, there's no money in my account. There's a God in heaven who can do it. I'm not saying we shouldn't be responsible for finances and all that. I believe in that. But there are times we need a miracle. And this is the moment. Just want you to pray with me, right? If you're here and you're in that situation, then I just want you to say, God, I receive this prayer. It's for me. We're not going to ask you to raise your hand. I know it can be embarrassing. 
but it's about the miracle. Let's pray. And if you're watching online, believe God with me. I've seen God do it, and He will do it for you. He's faithful. Father, for whoever this matters, God, who's standing here today, they don't have any money in their account, and they really need the same kind of miracle. Just as you put money in the mouth of a fish, we can't figure that out, but you did it. God, today, for those people who really need money to come into their account, however and whoever you choose, do it, God. But let money come in to their accounts. Enough and more to help them through this time, this season in their life. And let this be a sign to them that the God who put money in the mouth of a fish is the God who puts, put that money into their account because he loves them and cares for them. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak this miracle for those who need this to happen. And let them see it happen. And let them look up to heaven and give you thanks, Father. I mean, thank you for doing it. We thank you for doing it. We thank you for doing it. And everyone said, Amen, Amen, Amen. Now, or as we always do, I encourage you to share your testimony. Send an email to testimony at apcw.org. Uh, we will share that, you know, of course, without not, not revealing people's names and all that. But if this miracle happens in your life, or a miracle happens in your life, Share that so we can encourage each other. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Let's dismiss. Father, we thank you for this time in your presence where we could pray and let Jesus be Jesus, the lives of his people. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of his Holy Spirit be with each of us always, in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.